It's the Pacific Rim Pro Wrestling Podcast. The podcast that takes you from Seattle to Tokyo and all points in between. Jim Valley in the Seattle area. And we head across the Pacific Ocean, the Pacific Rim, to Tokyo, Japan. And Japan's leading historian, journalist, and author, Fumi Saito. Fumi, how are you? Hello from Tokyo. How are things? Yep. Uh, we're talking about Tokyo Dome, Keiji uh, uh, Muto Grand Final today. How was your last love holdout? Holdout so, is the name of his theme song. So you were there in person. In person, yes. Let's talk about not just the card. Let's do your your whole day. What was? Oh God, it's like it's a uh, actually weeknight working weekday night school night on Tuesday. And the, the the door opens fifteen hundred three o'clock in the afternoon. Then then the dark match starts four o'clock in the afternoon. There were three sec you know segment, you know like a oh basic dark match three matches you know it's called starting battle. Then they they give you a you know, short intermission. Then they give you one two three four more matches like a primary stage. Then the real pay per view starts at six thirty and lasts till ten you know ten o'clock. And it felt like I was there all day long, and the press door opened 2 o'clock in the afternoon. And I got there like 1 o'clock, and the people around Tokyo Dome, this, the whole area was like, they already had people, you know, all kinds. Just, the buzz and atmosphere was there. And you asked me about you know, how they're going to sell out, but at, at this point, selling out Tokyo Dome, the number isn't the point you know it's how people gathered and came you know came out and the 30 you know 30,000 plus people on Tuesday night actually showed up and it was an enthusiastic crowd do you think 30,000 were you impressed yeah, they, they, they announced over right 30,098 or something like that yeah looked like the floor was filled yeah it was i haven't seen Tokyo Dome this packed in quite some time. I mean, bigger than Wrestle Kingdom, you know. Really? So Interesting. Yeah, bigger crowd, more packed. And also, depends on how they set up the stage, you know. It's a baseball stadium, Tokyo right. Dome is. Yeah. And the, your entrance walking ramp is in the back screen area that they have to block left field and right field, partial, you know, like a part of it, you can't put people in there. And the way they set up that, uh, basic out, outfield, you know, left left hand side and right field and left field that they were kind of blocked, you know, with this equipment and uh, whatnot. But uh, field, the other side, you know, you know, first base side to third base side to the back, you know, back net side is all filled, and the second floor too, very packed. What about the crowd? You feel like they were. Knew that there was oh, something the, special. The, the more enthusiastic, and I should—I don't want to sound cliche, but it was a, a magical, like Sergeant Pepper's all night long. I bet. <laughs> kind of cliche, huh? Were there fans uh, dressed up? Did you see any people dressed up as like Great Muta or anything? No, not like that. It's really? more. Uh, it's kind of like they represent New Japan audience with like a cosplay, like today's audience. It was more straightforward wrestling fans. Sure. And he spoke with people that, oh, I haven't been to wrestling you know, match in years. And, and, and it's like you walk down this arena or the, that, uh, 
just you know outside Tokyo Dome, or you walk into press, you know, backstage, and you, oh, I haven't seen you in a while. How, hi, hi, how are you? How are you doing? You know, how's it going? And then then you walk to the arena or the hallway or the stairs, and it's like, hey, how are you doing? How are you doing? You run into people you know, and you haven't seen them in a while. Really, it was like that. A little bit more mature crowd, like a little older than your teenage, you know, like concert goers, like a wrestling match. This is Keiji Muto's retirement, the real retirement, final match, final final show. You have to attend. And so they came. I mean, I ran into more people than, than, than any of these, you know, recent memory, you know, that, that you just keep running into people you, you haven't seen in a while. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, it sounds like it was... Very special, even for you. Yeah, because, you know, even uh, January 4th, Tokyo Dome, New Japan, uh, Wrestle Kingdom, that I, I felt that it's like, wow, a lot of the photographers and reporters and the people we used to see backstage back in the 90s and, and the millennium and 2000s, that most of these people are either gone or stopped coming or like not reporting wrestling anymore or, or they hired all, all new Gen, whole new generation of you know photographers and writers and all that. Then uh, older people came back for this one night last night. I felt like interesting. Mm-hmm. And very magical because it was, of course, pro wrestling noise show, right? Right. And when you see this, you know the the, the ramp, you know that uh, walking big stage with this lighting and graphics and music and you know that uh, you know. They're like fireworks and all these things. You see Pro Wrestling Noah logo all night. But it was Keiji Muto. Yeah, of course, he's under contract with, with Pro Wrestling Noah now. Then the show was produced by Pro Wrestling Noah. But it was all about Keiji Muto. So it was like a, he it felt like his individual show. He really did. I agree. Yeah, although you. it was Pro Wrestling Noah show. And half the wrestler, not the half, but the number of wrestlers came from New Japan. Right, right, and all Japan wrestlers like you know Kento Miyahara, the Suama, the you know Yuma Oyagi, they came and participated, and you had Dragon Gate wrestler, you had uh, Dragon Gate wrestler, you had all Japan wrestler, you have DDT wrestler and Tokyo Joshi wrestlers in one card, and, and I counted eleven matches altogether, and fifty-eight wrestlers worked. Fifty-eight wrestlers. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But they uh, they made sure that the, see who can come to wrestling show four o'clock in the, in the afternoon on weeknights, right? Well, Fumi can. Well, some some people probably took the day off and you know decided to attend and spend the whole day you know all afternoon here. That's good. But the people you know start showing up in the second segment, primary stage thing. That okay, the first dark match started with a door open. Three o'clock, right? right? And the first dark dark match started four o'clock in the afternoon. They had three tag team match situation, and it ended like five o'clock. Then they give you they gave you a short uh, intermission, and so you can get to concession or you go to the bathroom or something. And, and then the five o'clock sharp, they started the primary stage. They call it one, two, three, four tag team matches where they you know. A ten ten man tag team, eight man tag team, and six man tag team, and six man tag team. It's kind of crammed, but uh, showcased all kinds of wrestlers from different groups. Yeah, right. Then they gave gave you short intermission again, and the show. Well, the main uh, they call it a 
master stage. Yeah, yeah. The last four matches started six thirty. That's your main pay per view programming. Yeah. Did everybody, the crowd, arrive all on time, or did they sometimes? Like Most people were there right from the beginning, but yeah. the people did start showing up in the middle, like at like a five o'clock, five thirty-ish. Yeah. I'm just curious. Just curious. Yeah, but the, it's basically that the four last four matches that were important. Of course, Keiji Muto against Tetsuya Naito, the big main event, and also Kazuchika Okada against Kaito Kiyomiya, the IWGP Champion against GHC Champion, non-title, but uh, it was champion against champion. Today's champions. That's right. important. And Hiromu Takahashi against Amakusa. Amakusa is current GHC Junior Heavyweight Champion. And those two actually had this story, like a drama from dates back 15 years. Both when when both were rookies, they right. traveled to UK and they shared the apartment when they were like nobody rookie. And they just the backstory was great. And also that I realized that the Hiromu Takahashi and Amakusa is the top of Junior Heavyweight Division today. You think so? Oh, there, yeah, because exceptionally, there are so many junior heavyweight, you know, like body size physically, yeah. and it does junior heavyweight style wrestling, and a lot of the wrestlers are smaller than American wrestlers, right? So we do have many junior heavyweight cruiserweight division wrestlers in this country, but the Hiromu Takahashi and Amakusa clearly is top of the top of the mountain, uh, I believe. Yeah. And um, New Japan's Taiji Shimori and Gedo came in and honored Nozawa Rongai's retirement match. That was the opening of the uh, last masterpiece, master stage segment. Those four matches were the most important. When you think about four matches, wow, that's like four match in, in three-hour pay-per-view content. Yeah, but it needed that much of a time for these four matches. Yeah, because they were very important. Gotcha. Okay, do you want to Start from the beginning of the night, or what do you feel like? Oh, doing? beginning of the night. Well, it's like Masakita Mia and uh, yeah, like uh, these you know genuine pro wrestling or type um, tag team situation. Yeah. yeah. Well, do you want me to go through who was in there? Yeah. Or? Why don't we? Why don't we just run down the uh, the show? Give give okay. uh, give Mas- kind of your, your thoughts on things. Da- Daiki Naba went up against Yoshiki Inamura and. Uh, Yasutaka Yano and Masakita Mia with this Saito suplex and beat Yano, okay? Right. Yeah. Then ten of eight women tag team of this Tokyo Joshi uh, that, this, you know, presented this, you know, typical Tokyo Joshi tag team uh, situation. And do you want me to read this? Well, yeah, basically, what was it? Was it Yuka Sakazaki? Did she get the pin? No, was it Maka? Yuka Sakazaki beat, I believe, Yuki Arai. Yeah, that sounds right. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. 11 minutes. I thought, you know, when you're on a card like this and mm-hmm. you're doing a, a spotlight match, I thought these women brought it for this match. I feel like... I think I felt it was very almost irrelevant and inappropriate. Really? Why was that? Because <laughs> it's not traditional. Because, you know, the first okay, your your you have your, you know, your popular Maki Ito or somebody, right? Right. And uh, she did her she, she did her gimmick. Like a, she did like her singing. A, a few couple minutes in, and she tagged in. And the first thing she did was 
grabbed the house microphone during the match and said, right. who is the cutest girl in, in, in the world? And uh, right. that's what they do at the Tokyo Dome, I mean, the, the Tokyo Joshi show, right? And right. It's good that they showcase Tokyo Joshi style, but uh, it, what was the name of this entire night? Pro Wrestling Love, you know? And sh she did this love for, her, for herself, you know? Oh, I see that. Yeah, and then uh, it was their opportunity to showcase what Tokyo Joshi wrestler can do, and then she showcased it. But it was step by step. It was uh, more of like a, how they want to be in a, in a scene instead of being a part of big this historical event. I just thought Does they stood out. I understand what you're saying. From yeah. my perspective, I think that if you have a big stage, you want to make the best impression course, that you course. can, especially, especially for the Noah people. I thought that overall, the Noah people, this is a standalone show, and maybe we can talk about this later. Maybe that's the way Muto wanted it. Muto wanted it. But it just feels like if I'm Noah, I want something that's going to make people want to follow the show follow my stories, uh, buy the next uh, pay-per-view, buy tickets to my next event, yeah, be, check be something be out. Tokyo yeah. Joshi, Joshi fan or become DDT fan or right. become more of a pro wrestling oriented right. fan. I, I get that. You know? I thought these women... Audience was not the rookie audience. This is very well educated not well educated in general term but the right. well informed well educated you know really watched like watch a lot of wrestling type of fan and uh, they have you know like almost criticized that the, the name of the show was pro wrestling love right and it's not about let's not make you know use wrestling as a tool to make you famous interesting and that's how i felt really I believe you. That's a very, it's a very interesting perspective. Yeah, because it was all up, it had a one theme the entire night that uh, the we were celebrating the thirty-nine glorious career of Keiji Muto, and everything else is your appetizer. <laughs> you right. know what I'm saying? No, I understand that. Yeah. And I'm not saying everybody needs to, but. I don't know. If I'm in yeah, front of 30,000 people... Point too. And also, they did showcase different companies, different wrestlers, yes. Yeah, but... Yeah, no or even people can. like veterans like you know Takashi Sugiura, the Satoshi Kojima, right. Jake Lee, Jack Morris, Anthony Green, the Timothy Thatcher, they're on a dark match, third, you know, third match. Right, I, they, yeah. I thought they looked all right. They looked pretty good, but... All right, yeah, but it had to be Jake Lee's night. They're introducing him as a big star. And sure enough, the Jake Lee did this, you know, running across the ring and do the big boots after his pointing the gun kind of gesture. Right. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, he, he, at the end of the six-man tag team, the, the third match of the dark, you know, dark match segment, Jake Lee did come out like, this guy will be your next star or candidate. I hope so. I mean, I thought yeah. that match was, was nothing that special. I thought mm. that he could look better. Seven minutes a bit, yeah. Yeah, I don't know. But no, I agree. But the Jake Lee right. and Jack Morris and Anthony Green came out like they got a three-guy unit. It yes. looked good. The good-looking guys. 
<laughs> yeah, that's the name, of the, that's the name of the team, huh? Yeah. It's very funny. So it's something to look forward to because Jake Lee look, isn't a completely polished veteran, but he's like a lot to you know improve. But uh, that guy looks like your next star. Yes, that's for sure. Oh, I've been a fan of Jake Lee for a while. You know, I think that he's he's definitely got something. I didn't. Oh God, I yes, mean, yeah, yeah, something about him. Yeah, yeah, I don't know what happened with he and uh, and all Japan, but. Uh, no, I think getting well, him. Some wrestlers shine in a certain environment, and if it's not the environment that, that he should be in, he basically walks out of the environment. And pro wrestling, Noah, is the place that he'll probably shine a lot better. Let's hope so. Let's hope so. Yeah. But yeah, yeah. all in all, I thought they gave you, GLC after looked... these three matches, they gave you the first intermission. Right. Then they came back with, you know, typical Yoshinari Ogawa pro wrestling, you know, eight-man tag team. What Ogawa did was so smart. You know, this is an eight, one, two, ten-man tag team situation, right? Right. And what can you do is just given time at the ten-man tag team and they don't even give you ten minutes, right? What would you do? Yoshinari Ogawa, I realized he's so smart, he did not tag in once and his, his team won by six minutes. You know, the entrance was long, music and entrance and introduction was longer than the actual match on, on this 10-man situation. Right. Yoshinari Ogawa and Eita and Hayata and Chris Ridgway and another guy, Taga, Daga. Yeah, Daga. Kotoge, Yohei, yeah, the, the Seiki Yoshi, uh, Yoshihara and Alejandro and, and Miyawaki, right? And it's hard to remember everybody, you know, which guys in which team, both basically progressing in you know, all 10 people. And uh, right. to make very distinguished impression, the team captain, Yoshinari Ogawa, did not even tag in once, and his team won. It's, it? it's a, those are the little details that if you're not paying much attention, you kind of miss it. But uh, he made sure that he didn't even tag in, and he won. That was a real interesting psychology he used. And Ridgeway, what did he win by tap out? Is that what he won by? Yeah, yeah, and beat Miyawaki, yeah, yeah. the rookie guy, yeah. But uh, it made Chris Ridgeway, some, somebody, this this uh, this guy would be something special too. Yeah, yeah quite possibly, quite possibly. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And what can you do with 10-man tag team situation undercard? You know, no, people are not really paying all that attention, like a focus, you know, because big match coming up. Right. Yeah. Then they give they gave you a D uh, that uh, pure DDT eight man tag team that I'm sorry I didn't really you know name and face didn't match <laughs> you know but uh, what they did was just um, just eight minute or nine minute of just total high spot one high spot after another uh, high spot this and high spot that and I ended up not remembering anything at all. You didn't like it, did you? Well, it's a, um, I might be prejudiced, but at the, this is like I just learned something again. Wrestling is not the, not a series of high spot. Each and every step of the way, it has to mean something. Even holding the guy's wrist or the side headlock. Side head, head, holding some guy in head, side headlock doesn't mean you run into rope the next second. Interesting. You know what I'm saying? Because, all right, I'll get to that later. Keiji Muto against Tetsuya Knight, of course, masters, you know, but uh, they had this 
28-minute-long single match, and not once they bounced off the rope that night. Not one rope work, you know. But each and every step of the way, the holding, the arm locking and reversing and holding the Achilles tendon, the knee lock into heel lock and, you know, leg sweep into your figure four leg lock and each and every step of the way, people are paying attention and told the story. I'll get to that later. Are you with me? I am with you. Next match. Yeah, so they had the, after this Yoshinari Ogawa 10 man tag team, and there was a, D, a pure DDT's uh, eight man tag team situation. Then Dragon Gate against Noah, you know, the Shun Skywalker and Kai and Diamante went up against uh, that uh, Naomichi Mar- Mar- Maruhuji and Iho del Dr. Wagner Jr. and Ninja Mac. That they just witnessed this 10 man tag team, you know, psychology and high spot only oriented DDT eight-man tag team with a bunch of young guys. Then Maruhuji, still junior heavyweight, you know, you know, physique, but uh, they came back with less high spot and did more by doing less. Does that make sense? Oh, yeah. Yeah, so it's like, wow, I learned something today, you know. And uh, they're, they're so smart that... Uh, well, of course, Ninja Mac, you expect to do his Ninja Mac thing. Right. Same thing with Shun Skywalker. Yeah, but they were not involved in the finish, you know? I thought and, that uh, uh, it was interesting. Shun Skywalker wiping his feet on uh, the Noah logo. Noah logo? Yeah. That was a nice make touch. Sure that the, right when you come into the ring, we are the heels. Right. We're the bad guys. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And the way Kai, you know, was acting. Yeah. yeah. It's like a, a real goofy bad guy, you know, because people remember Kai as, you know, old Japan guy or like a two, year 2002 Keiji Muto big protege, you know. But uh, after bouncing off, you know, a few different companies, he ended up landing uh, in Dragon Gate. And now he's a, like a veteran bad guy. Yeah, uh, very interesting. And Maruhuji was a conductor in the ring. You know, he didn't do all that much himself, right. but he clearly is like an orchestrating, like a, you know, the conductor, you know, it's right. the music, you know. Yeah, it was very interesting. No, I noticed that too. No, that was, you're exactly right. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Then, um, All Japan against Pro Wrestling Noor, uh, Kento Miyahara and Suwama and Yuma Aoyagi went up against Katsuhiko, Nakajima, and Kenwo, and Manabu Soya. Yeah, Manabu Soya used to be old Japan guy too. Now he's progressing Noah, so people remember the history. So uh, Suwama and Manabu Soya did, uh, you know, like a stare down, which is interesting. And also Kento Miyahara and Katsuhiko Nakajima for the first time in what ten years that they met in the ring, both number one and number two, or both number one student of Kensuke Sasaki and Akira Hokuto. Yeah, so they got the natural history. Yeah, that was a very interesting matchup. And the uh, entire Congo unit, you know, Ken Wall's group with red T-shirt, the ones who are not on, on the match, they all came out with that, you know, matching red Ken, uh, the, the Congo costume. And their entrance was like, wow, it looks like a major league unit, like your 
I can't say in the as big as NWO, but uh, you know, like uh, okay, that's their bullet club. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, no, they look great. No, I agree. They yeah, look like yeah. they look like stars. Yeah, and then also, you know, people should start giving you know, Ken Lo more credit. You know, he's not big guy, but he clearly is a lead, you know has a strong leadership, and he shows it. And uh, this was also the prelude to Katsuhiko Nakajima and Kento Miyahara's single match somewhere down down the line, huh? Yeah, one would think. One would, yeah. They definitely played off that. Yeah, yeah. And then both, you know, like 10 years after training at Kensuke and Akira Hokuto Dojo, they both became star. Yeah. So it was a good feeling. Yeah. You the know, match was good. Yeah, no, it, just nothing was really... I expected... I don't know. I just expected more from a few more matches as the night went right. on, but it never, never really materialized. Oh, which one? Maru Fuji one? Or? Yeah. I just expected, I expected Marufuji to do some more things. That match to be a bigger deal because you had bigger stars. Um, you know, just stuff, just things, yeah, things like that. Think. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Gave too much to Shin Skywalker and Diamante and Kai all together, huh? Well, I mean, I was happy, for example, that Dr. Wagner Jr. got the yeah. pinfall. Um, uh -huh. But like I said, it was just kind of, you know, I, I would have gone out of my way to to spotlight them or spotlight one of those guys. I don't know. I, they were just... Yeah, and the actual reality is, is he, he did, Dr. Wagner Jr. is a big name. And actually, it, it's Lucha Libre, but the size, he's got the heavyweight size, you yeah. know, compared to the guys you, you know, we watched previously from 10-man tag team and 8-man tag team. There's all basically junior heavyweight, cruiserweight, division-oriented, and smaller guys doing even more spectacular move, you know. So I think that Dr. Wagner Jr. didn't really compete with this flying air and the flipping air, you know, that all the diving and the spinning and all these, you know, young guys move. He were there like a veteran, you know, and had the more mature moves. Oh, we need to uh, back up. Um, yeah. What was the announcement? Was it, uh, hang on, I'm trying to remember. It was Kojima, wasn't it? Announced that he was stepping away from wrestling for a little while. Is that what it was? Oh, the Satoshi Kojima? Yeah. Uh, I don't know what he meant, though. Probably like a taking time off. Yeah. I didn't yeah. know what he meant. That seemed kind of odd. But... Yeah, and then the, what he did last night, the tag, tag, tag teaming with Takashi Sugiura yeah. and Timothy Thatcher, right? Yeah. He came in and did all his signature thing, you know, like a bunch of, you know, that uh, uh, your... Uh, the chops in the right. corner, yeah, and also his you know, snap mare the guy and say, It's and he'll climb up to the top and give elbow drop. And every you know, signature movie everybody ex expects from Kojima, you know, but uh, that's all he did, you know yeah. what I'm saying? And he felt almost like this guy's in there as like a nostalgia factor, yeah, yeah, and uh, he. To stay relevant, you know, probably it would be a good idea to, you know, take time off. Because uh, two nights before that, uh, you know, Yuji Nagata beat Miyahara to become Triple Crown Champion, 54-year-old Nagata. So it, it just it might be a good timing that uh, 
Kojima will disappear for a little bit, then come back like in summer. Yeah, maybe that. Maybe it's something as simple as that. You may be right. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And then also it was like very um, emotional night for everybody. You know that uh, not just it's, of course it's Keiji Muto's retirement night, but all the legends were uh, ringside. Did you see? Yeah. You know, Ricky Choshu, the Fujinami, the uh, you know, referee Tiger Hattori, all those guys were sitting in the ringside, and and Liger, the Chono, all these you know, super, you know, former superstars doing the color commentary. Yeah. And Muto's giving the match for the you know, one last time. And uh, or if you were, you know, if you were Kojima, you would think, where would I fit in this picture? Yeah. Nostalgia or relevant? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. So I think it's good that he's taking time off and think about what would be the best thing. I mean, this is not a wrestling angle. It is a wrestling angle, but the, it's pretty real, isn't it? That's what I'm asking you. Yeah, yeah. It's it's sometimes good not to be on every show, you know, at this point. Right. You got to freshen up. Because he's like, like, he's like Edge, right? Kind of, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah okay, so we rewinded a little bit. Yeah, I just so, wanted to do that. We missed that part, sorry. Yeah, All right. So, so Kento Miyahara Suama Aoyagi against Kengo Nakajima Soya match was the one, two, three, four, five, six, seventh match of the evening, but it was the last one of primary stage before not the dark match. You know, if you bought the longer version of Abema TV program that you 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 were able to watch it, but uh, from that point on, it becomes the, the real pay per view, the yeah. four night, the four main events of the evening. Called Master Stage, yeah. And uh, what Nosawa did was pretty good. That uh, he actually has a bad back, you know. And uh, I believe he'll stay in 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 wrestling and be part of the booking committee like he does now. Yeah, makes sense. Yeah, and then Nosawa Rongai and his buddy Masada, both Japanese, hundred percent lucha libre guy, you yeah. know. And. Uh, Basically, Taiji Shimori is like Japanese lucha libre style, and in the Gedo and in the before the match announcement that the Nosawa was so happy to bring in Gedo into his ring. That was, you know, like one last time that he wanted to be in the ring with Gedo, but instead he gave Ishimori the, the opportunity. He he kneed down and said, "Beat me, right." beat me and then you know ishimori did just that and pinned him one two three to really send off because i believe this is real retirement although must uh, that the nosawa will be around and doing like a heel manager role i believe i could see that that would be good yeah 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 like in, make interference you know like, like a very american style yeah that's what gato does yeah yeah so i think um, Nosawa, in a way, idolized Gedo in his, you know, what he has accomplished. Well, there's a lot. To, there's a lot to yeah. idolize. It's pretty impressive. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So it was good, and also very much storytelling and the retirement, you know, feeling was real. You know, well, if you look at everything as a wrestling angle and a wrestling storyline, it will look like wrestling storyline angle. If you look at it and you know suspend your disbelief, it will look like something real. You know that that reality come out of it. Does that make sense? Makes sense. Yeah, yeah. So the ghetto was there, and uh, this I felt like an unwritten friendship between these four. You know, 
and they were there for each other, kind of thing. Yeah, I see. They're definitely a vibe. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, and then the name of the show is Pro Wrestling Last Love. There it is. Keiji Grand Final. It goes with theme. It really does. Yeah. Then Hiromu Takahashi, uh, IWGP Junior Heavyweight Champion, against Amakusa, the, yeah. the GHC Junior Heavyweight Champion. Another champion against champion match. Non-title, but just as important. And Amakusa, formerly known as Kenbai, Kenbai of uh, Michinoku Pro Wrestling, and also not very acknowledged, but that the, the Amakusa, his real name is Sato, he is and was number one student of Dick Togo. Yeah, I mean, I, don't you want to learn from Coach Dick Togo? You'd be good. You could learn a lot from Dick Togo. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, it's funny. Um, we have Access TV here, and New, yeah. Japan, New Japan has got um, it's got a show that it runs on Access, and it's matches that are delayed. And this week, my mom, my my wife was turning the channel, and she discovered Hiromu, and she loves his costume. She's like the colorful guy. Oh yeah, he's and just so, like just walk right out of Japanese, you know, anime. Well, yeah, you know, Carrie, she loves anything colorful. So guys, yeah, like, yeah. Like, oh, there's and the he's there's like, the colorful guy. He attracts Hiromu Takashi. Really attracts new fan and non wrestling fan into wrestling. Really, right. he pulls it. Right. I mean, cute. I mean, not exactly handsome, but kind of cool, good-looking guy. Yeah. And kind of cocky in real nice way. Right. Yeah, yeah. And the storyline was not the storyline, but the backstory was real. That uh, Hiromu Takahashi brought Amakusa's old Kenbai mask. Where, where? Remember? Yeah. Yeah, that was a mask he used to have. Another identity, you know. But Amakusa come from Japanese um, ancient uh, myth, too. So this story is good. That I, I think that the, this Amakusa guy is really into this ancient, you know, myth and, you know, and the deity is in, in the legends kind of story. And he, he dressed up like samurai, right? Yeah, no, that was interesting. It's, yeah, it's different. And he's really talented. Yeah. And those two traveled to UK together way back, like some 15 years ago, teenage you know, then and, and traveled and shared apartment together in LA, uh, UK, and then and they worked in independence when they were like in late teenage. Did you know that? Uh, they mentioned it, but that's the only reason I knew it. Yeah, yeah, yeah but that's real. So Hiromu Takahashi wanted this match just as much as Amakusa wanted it. It showed. And uh, this next meeting, if they do, it's just another Tokyo Dome caliber in the matchup. Yes. It's good that the people remember Amakusa as somebody special now. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. At least I hope so. They had a pretty even, equal, even match against people like a superstar like Hiromu Takahashi. Lots of older fans came in and sat at the Tokyo Dome last night. And I'm sure the chances are it was like a majority of audience last night. It was the first time they saw Amakusa in person, live. I mean, there are going to be people who are going to think that because you lost, that means, you know, people are going to think badly of you. But Japan, mm, Japanese, wrestling, wrestling. Japanese wrestling doesn't always necessarily work that mm. way. 
And right after the like uh, after the after the match, Hiromu Takahashi was the one walk right up to Amakusa, and he Takahashi was the one who wanted to shake hands. Right. Then, you know, look looked at each other, and Amakusa, you know, kind of shook hands. Okay, left real quick. You know what I'm saying? Like a to be continued. Yeah, I hope so. I definitely hope so. Yeah. Very talented individual. Very talented. Small though. 162 centimeter. What would that be? Five six or something? <laughs> yeah. Your math be better than mine. Yeah, but the, not tall at all. But so talented, you know. So if you just stay in this junior heavyweight division, although the original Tiger Mask Liger wasn't tallest people, right? It just had this junior heavyweight divisions like something natural about them, you know. And you don't have to be tall to be a star in Japan. I mean, like that. Yeah. Right. And Hiromu Takahashi is, yeah, he's such a star now. Yeah. Interesting. Interesting. Yeah, I mean, his costume was interesting. Yeah. Yeah. yeah no. Carrie loves it. So the guy, the, <laughs> that's the, good, the colorful guy is how we colorful refer, guy. Yeah. Apparently, yeah. that's how we were. And also colorful moves too. That too. And he's very, very animated in the oh, ring. I think he's, I think he's great. I think it's, you know, sometimes it's unfortunate. He's like, the junior heavyweights are such a, I don't know, like almost don't so know. many of them. And but he's just, above everybody else now, though. He is, but I don't know. I just, I would do more with him, but that's just me. Maybe the time has passed. Maybe it's too late. I don't know. If you remember Liger's in his prime. That the once a year he had a single match against people like Shinya Hashimoto. Right. At the, at the Budokan, it was a different costume or something. So it was like a different night. He can become somebody else too. So we'll see. We'll yeah. see. Then you have this. Some, it's a kind of mixed bag that uh, uh, Kazuchika Okada beat, you know, GHC champion, you know, Kiyomiya so one-sided one or something. And, and what was the point having that match? Mixed bag, right? But I think it was really important to show that where Kiyomiya is right now. And he's good enough to, you know, climb up the ladder to meet Okada again. In you know, the Okada, you know, gave perfect Okada match and showed the world that he's so much better. But respectfully, that he didn't really squash this guy, that he gave Kiyomiya so much that the people will think, I, I thought if Kiyomiya improved this part and this part and this part, he would be that much better. And you feel, you know, that this progressing Noah's future is up, almost like up to him, up to this guy, you know. And uh, the thing is, Okada was like that 10 years ago. You know, upon his return from, um, you know, from TNA America, right. that... Uh, he was put in a situation against IW, then IWGP champion Tanahashi, and people kind of scratching, is he that good? But he really overcame all the odds, and already 10 years. But uh, Kiyomiya is exactly where he was then. You know what I'm saying? Right. And Kiyomiya started carrying himself like future star. Yeah, he does. And also... To make this match happen, he they they ran angle, you know, in the tag team match situation, 
um, Kiyomiya snuck up from behind and kicked Okada's face. Today's fan, that was it. But if you are older generation fan, you automatically recall 1987 New Japan incident where Akira Maeda snuck up on Riki Choshu while he was holding Scorpion Deathrow and kicked his face. Boom. Remember? Oh, yeah. No, it's, I mean, I guess the, how do I put this? I think people are expecting there will be another chapter. Does another chapter happen immediately? Is there some sort uh, of... But they did this storyline so carefully that uh, the, after that incident, that uh, Okada shows up in Pro Wrestling No Osaka card and run in and beat Kiyomiya up, right? Right. That's, you know, that, that's scene number two. Then there was a scene number three. There was a big press conference the night before this Tokyo Dome event. Okada no shows. And then Kiyomi gets angry. You know what I'm saying? Right. So, like a one, two, three, that they made a three segment before this match. It made it very special. And uh, it did look like, at this stage, reality, yes, by one Rainmaker, Okada can beat Kiyomiya at this point. But if Kiyomiya, you know, gets better and become better, I mean, like a bigger star within Pro Wrestling Noah, there is going to be a Pro Wrestling Noah against New Japan show in like a Tokyo Dome kind of situation. Or Abema TV or Wrestle Universe, that the cyber agent type business model, Okada against Kiyomiya will be your Superman event, like WrestleMania type main event. Gotcha. With this new business model, you know, for not for the audience, you and I, like our generation, but the people buying i streaming pay per view, wrestling fans that are twenties and thirties, the, for them, this Okada against Kiyomiya will be like ultimate main event. Yeah, I believe that. Interesting. Okay, so you think it's going to be in the back pocket? For a little while, it'll always be there. Oh, for a while, yeah, yeah, okay. because it was definite conclusion that uh, right. Kiyomiya got pinned in the middle of the ring, one, two, three, right. and they pretty much left right away, no shaking hands, nothing, but uh, Okada didn't do the big mic mic work either, you know, that. Uh, so it was like, a, wow, no promo, no storyline. That is the storyline that uh, he made by leaving the ring that way. It's, that's to be continued. Yeah. Gotcha. Interesting. I think, yeah. Because this was IWGP champion against GHC heavyweight champion. Non-title situation. Oh, there's another subtle storyline was that it was first announced 30-minute time limit, right? Single match. Right. So more informed wrestling fans thought, oh, that, they'll do 30 minutes. They, they'll do 30 minutes. Then following day, they announced no time limit. Then they go, oh, wow, there's going to be a definite conclusion. You know what I'm saying? They really teased it. Right. Yeah. So it was well, you know, informed and well, you know, paced storyline-wise. And it came off like big, important single match. Yes. And we'll see where it goes somewhere down the road. Right then, you know, it was a semi-main event. So audience really picked up, you know, like... The, the way they're cheering and screaming and, and calling, you know, wrestlers' names and just, you know, just the energy and it was, it was, like I said, magical and like Sergeant Pepper's all night long, right? It started around like the peaking around here, you know? Yeah. 
because everybody knew that this time there's no way Kiyomiya can beat Okada at this point. But how well can he, you know, like how hard can he fight, kind of thing. Do you think it hurts Noah that their champion? I mean, maybe their champion was going to look second to Okada anyway, no matter what. So it doesn't matter if there's actually a... Because uh, everybody knows the history, not the history, but the way they are, you know. Uh, now that uh, Okada, I thought Okada was still young, but he's a 33-year-old, you know, main event superstar from, from you know, New Japan and holding on and off IWGP champion for you the know, past 10 years. And Kiyomiya is up-and-coming superstar. So this reality thing worked. Of course, tonight wasn't Kiyomiya's night. It just showed Kiyomiya that it, it had it, you know. And uh, I think people are kind enough to, you know, watch one, you know, one or two more Kiyomiya Okada match and anticipate that uh, how well Kiyomiya does next time. Gotcha. Does that make sense? It makes sense. Yeah, because everybody knows that the differences in career and experiences and or the market value for it, you know. Right. And uh, it was Kiyo, loser Kiyomiya's night that the people paid more attention to Kiyomiya than they, they paid attention to Okada. Of course, Okada had to win, but big deal to win, you know, not big deal, right? And it was Kiyomiya's night that everybody was watching him through Okada. Hope it makes sense. That makes sense. Well, let's move on to the main event or the first main event, the scheduled main event, if you will. Yeah, Keiji Muto against Tetsuya Naito. They started 7.30 at night. Perfect, you know. Then uh, the first, you know, um, they introduced that uh, broadcasting team, like Tanahashi and, uh, you know, the, the K1, famous K-1 fighter Takeru and Yoshinari Tsuji, that play-by-play uh, -play man, TBSI in the 90s. He was in there. Then they introduced Chono from that the entrance ramp with his music. Right. He could have been sitting in the table then, but... The, Instead, they introduced 1984 that the, this man debuted, you know, the same day, well, against each other, uh, Keiji Muto debuted, and it was Masahiro Chono. With his music, he walked in with his cane, but uh, he walked this long ramp, and he was like part of the main event package almost, instead of color commentator, more so. That comes in play a little bit later, but yes. And... Uh, and then, then this, you know, the video vignette shows that uh, Muto's doing an interview that uh, uh, the influence and in how he lived and, and uh, influenced by, of course, Inoki, but uh, uh, our generations, like Chono, Hashimoto, Misawa, they never retired. They never had a chance to retire. Well, Hashimoto and Misawa passed away. And Chono hasn't been working, but uh, basically practically retired, but never had retiring ceremony. And we have all, uh, Muto talked about his friends, his generation of friends, and it will be his night, and I'll become ash after the match. Ash, like burned. I mean, it's just, Muto isn't exactly like the best promo, but uh, when he talks, he sounds really real. I'll be ash after the show. It's like, whoa. I mean, he's gonna, I mean, give everything and, and probably nothing left. Right. You know, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. And then he came in first. Oh, no, no, no. Naito came in then. Then Muto came in. Yeah. 
and announced uh, uh, English speaking announcing from you know the, the UK guy and uh, it was interesting because people don't pay much attention to this you know anymore but the, in the blue corner <laughs> there's a blue corner and red corner remember in old-fashioned wrestling yeah in the blue corner they introduced you know 225 pound night Tetsuya Naito and red corner uh cage 245 pound you know Keiji Muto and go wow that's right we used to have red corner and blue corner yeah and that was very interesting because it gave you uh, like a real big you know, like a important match you know feel to it yeah yeah and also in my head see and up until that point you had a one two three four five six seven eight tag team matches we've seen already right eight tag team matches in this situation guys didn't even lock up you know what i'm saying it just started doing things 100 miles an hour and uh, lock up maybe in the side headlock right but the side headlock meant you push the guy into the rope and then they're running across the ring right and left and then start doing things. They'll shout, you know, big shoulder block to the leapfrog to drop kick and this and that. And in my head, Muto is not going to be running between ropes on, in this match. And I was right about that. Yeah. Because of his knees. Not just that, but that's what that's not what he does. He is the one who can tell stories. You know running ropes and doing big moves can be very like a cheap thrill you know what i'm saying i mean not right word but uh um in in the in the middle of the ring it gave each, you know give each other big elbow to the face boom 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 back and forth back and forth of course people will pop but that's not because who you are what they're doing it's kind of easy pop instead what muto would and naito would do this night you, you do the lock up you know, and then do the side headlock, of course, and you take down and the arm bar. And if you remember, short arm scissors, key lock, you know, then get out of key lock. Again, the head scissors, get up and, you know, lock up again, give the headlock, take down. And this time you do the head scissors and you get up and just, right, this is wrestling match. And just, uh, and all of a sudden, five minutes pass, five minutes pass. Ooh, we just saw five minutes of wrestling instead of five minutes of just high spots. You know what I'm saying? Right. Yeah. Then the second, okay. Then uh, not the lockup, but the second time you get up, okay, test the strengths. Right. This is a wrestling like, you you know, you grew up watching kind of thing, you know. And uh, snap mare. Then Muto did his first this in you know, a flashing driving elbow, boom, like what he that's your signature move, you know. The, all right, this is still Muto, right. still not not one rope work. You don't shoot the guy to the rope and come right back. They, they did not do that one, and uh, uh, he did the half Boston crab and uh, take you know, take your time and half Boston crab becomes STF step over to hold with face lock and it's like a kind of squeeze, squeeze, squeeze. And then the people really get, you know, excited. And Naito slowly moves and get to the rope. Okay, and then the referee calls it, break it up. It's like, a, <sighs> that every single move meant something. Are you with me? I am with you, yeah. of course. Yeah, and then it's like, uh, of course, that uh, what 
Mutu cannot do, that the Naito will be doing. If you remember, like, like, they, Keiji Muto and Great Muto both did that for like, uh, five, six times. You walk, walk back the long ramp in the Tokyo Dome, you know, like a hundred yard dash and come right back to you with like a short drop kick or clothesline or something. Sit Muto and he sit there and Naito walks back all the way to the beginning of the ramp. And come, you know, then sprint right back to you and give drop kick to um, Muto's back. It's like what Muto cannot do, Naito will be doing, you know, running, you know. And uh, after that, there's another cross, you know. Okay, then the, the Naito did this crucifix move that uh, is Muto gonna tap out, tap out. And then all of a sudden, ten minutes pass, ten minutes pass. Oh wow, already ten minutes. We were seeing storytelling wrestling match here. Yeah, and uh, so they were doing this short drop kick. And of course, oh, pretty soon that the Keiji Muto will be doing the dragon screw leg, you know, leg sweep into your figure four leg lock. And when you do the figure four leg lock, you hold the figure four leg lock for another minute or two or three, four minutes. And the one would give up, you know, tap out or just really, you know, crawl all the way to the rope and the referee have to break the hold. It's like, that's right, that's right. And then you know, all of a sudden, 15 minutes pass, 15 minutes pass. The ring announcer say, 15, oh, wow, we'll be watching this 15 minutes. They have not run back to, you know, bounce off the rope once yet. That's like, oh, wow. Then 15 minutes, or, you know, Mark, uh, as soon as you heard 15 minutes pass thing, that uh, it gets like almost spiritual. That Keiji, that the Shin Hashimoto channels or the Keiji Muto channels in, in, into Hashimoto's spirit or something. They, the, Muto started doing this vertical karate chop like Hashimoto did. Then, and gave even flow DDT like Hashimoto would do. Then you hear people chanting Hashimoto, 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 as if somebody gave him cue. Yeah. Does that make sense? No, I thought that was. For me, that was probably one of the coolest parts. Maybe, maybe the coolest part of the night. Yeah, because um, nobody were really directing the traffic or the, the the TV director giving the cue. This is what you're gonna chant Hashimoto. They right. didn't do it. Totally spontaneous, right? Spontaneous. Obviously, that's. I'm sure there was some hope there that that would happen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then but, also, those who are the serious wrestling fans that register every little thing, every little details. Well, it's cool because I mean. Hashimoto, mm -hmm. for a while to me, was like Mr. Tokyo Dome. And oh, now... Yeah. He headlined more Tokyo Dome than other guys, yeah. And it's like... It's almost like people don't... For so, I don't know why it is, but it feels to me... He so young. Maybe. Maybe yeah. it's the... I don't know what it is, but it feels to me like Hashimoto should be more remembered than he is. Does that make sense? He is not as flashy, like a move, you know, like a wrestling move Maybe. wise, not as flashy as Keiji Muto or anything like that. And then also, some people call Hashimoto like a fat Elvis, right? He's Elvis, but, uh, yeah. He had this emotion, yeah. you know, didn't yeah. have many, didn't do as many wrestling moves, but right. his karate chops, like he, he did it like he means it. And one simple finish DDT and he always, you know, wins. You know, so that was good that the Muto, you know, channeled Hashimoto and then became Hashimoto and gave even for DDT boom. And 30 seconds later, 
Mimuto picks up Naito and this emerald fusion. Boom! For the, then you hear Misawa, 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 like a Misawa chant. Yeah. Nobody gave people cue. You know, it was an, another spontaneous spot that the, that when you see Emerald Fusion, yeah. right, that was a tribute to Misawa, but people understand that right away. Everybody did. Yeah. So you heard Hashimoto, Hashimoto, Hashimoto chant, and you, you heard Misawa, Misawa, Misawa chant, all spontaneous. Then by then, people were crying. <laughs> you know, <laughs> you know you, what I'm saying? Were you crying? Oh no! I try to take notes, you know, and try to be as as objective as I could. And but you know, of course, I registered everything. I got so excited, and I took note: Hashimoto chant, Misawa chant, Emerald Fusion. Then, few seconds later, back to Keiji Muto, he gives Naito first shining wizard of the night. That's right. Back to reality, right? Right. Yeah, like a picture perfect shining wizard, and. Normal match situation. That's how probably Muto wins. But this time, Naito kicks out at the counter too. Match continues. Whew. Then you hear twenty minutes pass. Twenty minutes pass. Wow, this, they were doing this wrestling match as if they're they're calculating every five minutes. You know what I'm saying? Right. Oh, that is I mean, so. That's why they call them master, right? And the, the second shining wizard, um, another uh, leg sweep. Dragon screw into figure four, and this second figure four leg. They did this Piper thing. There's like you can't hear them, but they were shouting each other. Muto in holding his figure four, the Naito taking his figure four leg. They're like screaming each other, and you can't hear them, but like on the big screen, they're screaming at each other for something. You know, it's like whoa. Then. Uh, Naito crawls onto the rope and, you know, referee will break the rule, you know, break, break the hold, you know, so both guys gets up. And um, all of all of it that uh, Muto gave five shining wizards and didn't beat him. You know what I'm saying? Right. So people start feeling, right, this will be Naito's night, huh? And in the meantime, Muto teased his, you know, like a Hans Schmidt's backbreaker, walk to the turn, turnbuckle and start climbing turnbuckle as if you were going to give one last moonsault. Yeah. Then he climbed down and said, ah, oh, guy, I don't think I can do it. Right. He teased twice. It was almost better that he didn't. You know what I'm saying? Didn't give the one last moonsault. It was in people's head. Uh, like uh, your hard disk in your memory that his moonsault, you know, was was so beautiful, and he doesn't have to do it that you know tonight. Now that's how I felt. I mean, because oh, I didn't get to that, but uh, this last month, Yokohama Arena show and the six-man tag team situation with Sting and you know that uh, Darby Allen, Muto pulled hamstring in both legs that right. night. Yeah, he's in the wheelchair yeah and then uh, the, if you pulled hamstring you're saying like anywhere from six weeks i mean eight weeks to ten weeks off right right but uh it it happened during the match but it wasn't part of the storyline so he didn't acknowledge it he could he continued with match injured and i don't think he was well you know i mean healed last night either you know he he was like right from the beginning he was kind of almost limping you know but uh, that's how he was last 10 years or so 15 years or so so 
it was okay that the Muto was bad knees, that he really learned how to work with it. Huh? So he teased Moonsault twice, yeah. And another dragon screw into leg sweep, into, you know, shining wizard, and another counter two, and figure four again. This time Naito put Muto in figure four. Of course, it's getting close to the end, huh? Here it comes. Yeah, but they announced it. 25 minutes gone, 25 minutes gone. So, wow. It was quick because every step, the way, everything, every single little thing they did, it meant something. It's like very much storytelling in this single match that that's what's lacking in today's wrestling, right? I must sound old. I'm sorry. I think there's still storytelling. I just think there's... Yeah, that's what way. the single match is. Well, tag team is a little bit different, but the single match in this situation, everything has to mean something. Every little detail have, had some meaning. And one finish match, that the one finish, uh, that the one big move finish is great. That the, of course, at the end of the night, Naito gave Muto Destino, right? Yeah. Then Muto lay there one, two, three. Naito clearly beat him and it was okay that the muto didn't win you know because this today's superstar naito beat him square in one two three yeah but naito was the one left the ring first and finally muto grabs the house mic and said that uh, well i'm still walking you know because he said and he was gonna be ash right i'm not ash i have lots of energy still i can walk and i have one thing i want to do and then pointing at the Chono at the, this broadcasting table, fight me, Chono, fight me. And said, what? Right? And where's Tiger Hattori? Where's Tiger Hattori? Of course, Tiger Hattori is in, in, in the ringside watching, right? And then you got the you got the Chono, you got Tiger Hattori as referee. And come on in, come on in. And it's like, of course, Master Chono worked the match with without ring costume. It's what he was wearing. He took the jacket off and he had a black you know, shirt, of course, that's Aristotelisto, that uh, that's how Chono dress, all black. Anyhow, right. but he was hesitant, it looked so real, right, but uh, he, uh, alright, I'll go in. And then just every little thing is like, you can't hear what they're saying, but by watching, you know, this is Tokyo Dome situation, so everybody will be watching both ring and big screen, right? So it's like, you can say, they're saying something about, you know, but you can't hear them. But Chono looks like he accepted. And then he walked into the ring, and, 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 and Tiger Hattori walked in the ring, and all of a sudden, they you know, they rang the bell, the match starts. All of a sudden, an unannounced Keiji Muto and Masa Chono for one last time. And I believe this was Master Chono's retirement match, too. How's that? I will. I would certainly think so. Yeah, and then they didn't do too much, but the, all, all of what, three minutes of it? They locked up, you know, cover and elbow tie up so long, you know, the test of strength. Then uh, um, Master, did, uh, the, the, Master Chono did this running Yakuza kick, boom, right? Then uh, he turned Muto. Uh, and then they gave half Boston Crab into your toe hold. And of course, Chono would be doing his signature SDF. And sure enough, Muto tapped out. Then they, they gave a hug from back. It's like, oh, thank you, thank you. And it was like, 
it was the moment that the people had to cry again. Yeah. Yeah, that was pretty. So that was something. That was that was something. Pro, I figured. Pro -res, yeah, protest love. Yeah. I figured there'd be some sort of acknowledgement of Chono. Yeah. I did. Yeah, you know, I didn't. Just like everybody else, I, I didn't expect a match. Um, that was surprising. No, no, it was like. But then again, they, it was pretty special that he was not sitting in a, you know, announcing table. He they announced Chono from like the big entrance ramp. He walked like you know he was gonna wrestle, you know, right. and uh, and Chono was dressed like you know top top to bottom black. He always looked like Chono. It was the dark sunglasses on. But this night, he when he accepted the match, he took the sunglasses off. You know, some of the TV show the entire night he never takes the sunglasses off, right? No, no, that's his look. Yeah, but he finally took the you know the grass in you know, the sunglasses off, so he he meant he was gonna fight. And then all of a sudden he looked like Master Chono from years back. And it was just like it was like a magical, yeah, yeah. Like I said, like Sergeant Pepper's all night long, and this was the greatest ending. Yeah. yeah. No, I thought it was, I thought it was great. I mean, to see, you know, we talked about sort of their. I don't know. Um, they're kind of parallels. Sure. Um, and and, and the, at the end of the evening, they show another graphic on the big screen. Muto, Misawa, and Hashimoto in black and white photo. Yeah. Yeah, so very symbolic, you know. Not that Muto is dead, but uh, it really, you know, like uh, three wrestlers who are not with us anymore, you know. Well, the Muto retired, and Misawa passed away, Hashimoto passed away without really telling people about it, you know, because that was, you know, one Misawa in-ring accident real bad, you know, it was a really sad situation and, and pro wrestling no fan still somewhat suffering from it, right? And Hashimoto, in the middle of his primetime run, he passed away at the age of 40, you know, yeah. and uh, well, it was all unfortunate, but... Uh, Muto was there to take care of everybody's legacy, you know? Well, yeah. also, I mean, Chono, we should do a show on Chono one of these days. You know, talking oh, about... Oh, we haven't? No, oh, okay, we Chono. should do it. Yeah, because he's equally important. Yeah. Right. Maybe we'll do that next. Maybe the And next those show. two are really close. You know, Muto married a girl from, you know, Chono, you know uh, with a woman who Chono went to high school with. Oh, well, there you go. Yeah, yeah. And they've been friends right. ever since Young Lions. No get dojo, you know? Yeah. Well, I mean, there's just so many what ifs. You yeah, know, what ifs. Yeah. Um, how bad? And also, basically, uh, practically, Chono has been retired, but he didn't have a chance to have a big show like this. Right. Yeah, so it was perfect that the Muto called him. Like, this is something, I, there is something I want to do. Chono, come on in. It's like, what? Right, so, but it's like, right, that makes perfect sense. Yeah. Well, I mean, in, how Chono has that walking stick, and I don't right. know if that's a gimmick. It does look like he needs it to a degree, at least. Um, and you remember, he had that that neck injury. Yeah, that too. Um, I don't know. I just, you just like I said, you just there are a lot of what ifs, a lot of parallels. And also, he. Left and and uh, he basically left 
uh, as a, as a full time active wrestler in in the, like uh, during the dark age. You right. know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. So New Japan in that era really didn't have or didn't give Chono opportunity to have this big, huge retirement ceremony like they did with Liger. You know what I'm saying? Right. Yeah. yeah. So then Chono, I guess, was okay about it because he's a cool guy, you know? <laughs> and he's been doing a lot of commentary, and a lot of times he's more famous than uh, like active wrestlers of today, you know? Right. Yeah. So I look at him like a like a Macho Man Randy Savage, you know, Roddy Piper type. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's. I think Savage is a really good comparison. That's a really. I mm-hmm. think that's a really good. Comparison. Never retired, but never came back either. Kind of thing. Right. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, it was hundred percent wrestling, pro wrestling love. You know, the the whole night. Yeah. I was gonna ask you. So the name of the show mm-hmm. is is last love and they put last in was, was, yeah, quotation, quotation mark. Yeah. is that because the actual last match wasn't the last match i don't know what the last means like he might be the last one with that this kind of love in, for wrestling or the last I, one in 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 uh the whole generation of Muto, Misawa generation, and the Mis- that the Muto was the last one. So that was that last thing. And Muto well, no, why is always it... talked about his love for this wrestling, I... you know, past 20, 25 years. No, I understood. Love. Right, yeah, but it's yeah, but the last, last love, love in quotation yes. marks. Yeah, so a little bit that the, maybe they want people like us to talk about it like this. Maybe. What do they really when was, mean? When it was done, my feeling was the quotation marks were because the last match wasn't, the one that he promoted was actually not his real last match. It was quote unquote his last match. And his last match was with Chono. Mm-hmm. But. Unannounced. Yeah. That's. Right. Well, of course, but I could be single wrong. match, single match, passing torch to Tetsuya Naito, equally important. I could be very relevant. wrong. I could be. Yeah, it's like very relevant in today's wrestling. But to to finalize his retirement ceremony, he had to be Chono, right? Right. Yeah, yeah. So it's like a double, triple meaning of it. Yeah. It could, we're very philosophical people. <laughs> All right. The, the long longer you watch wrestling, the better it gets. Does it? It does. it does. Yeah, because you get more out of it. Really. It does. You're right. I'm kidding. Um, no, you're right. Um, all right. Well, is there anything else we should uh, talk about as well, we wrap this thing last up? last night, and I felt that it was like a real long day, but it was like, a, oh, I'm glad that I was there at, in the building and experienced it live, and so were so many other people, and a lot of, you know, like I said, a lot of the people who hasn't attended live card came out and you know attended this one last time, not one last time, but the, wanted to be part of Keiji Muto's final show. And you kept running into people you haven't seen in, 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 in you know months or years, and uh, they were all there. It was interesting, you know. Yeah. Gang was all there. And sometimes you know, like even the serious wrestling fan, at some point they stopped coming to the show, right? Yeah, a lot of times we do. I guess we all do. Yeah, a lot of times they do, and it takes something like this 
for them to get out of house and I'm not going, I'm not go, go, you know, buy a ticket and go to the show. Right. Yeah. That's like exactly what happened last night. I mean, it's good to watch that on pay-per-view, yes. And people will be, you know, watching it again on videotape or the streaming service, iPay-per-view or the DVD that come out. But the, being there live is like your own personal experience. Right. It was a very, very special night. Sounds like it was very it was. special for you too. Oh, he was good. I mean, like, I should, I can't say best match I've attended, you know, but uh, it was very, very special, special night, you know. Then uh, personally, you know, late Mitsuharu Misawa, born 1962, Keiji Muto, born 1962, I was born 1962, I've witnessed every, you know, step of the way from their rookie year to, you know, Young Lion to American, you know, tour to, you know, New Japan days to NWO days to back to WCW to back to New Japan and back to all uh, the, the old Japan days to Wrestle One to freelancing to even hustle to uh, yeah. he really had this final two years with Pro Wrestling Noir and made this thing relevant again and uh, and also they by doing this show they really introduced the new um, business model. Uh, uh, about this wrestling business you know now it's not a network television they they'll carry it but it's like people will be ordering show live streaming like paying like a five thousand six thousand yen per show and uh you have hundred thousand subscribers signing it for the show and then it's like wow it's as if you are running stadium show you know right. it's a biz business new business model has has been introduced and Muto was the vehicle, and the, the Muto pretty much at the end introduced a new business model to this wrestling industry too. Does that make sense? He's done a lot of things. There's no question. Yeah, yeah, and uh, I, uh, I, I sent you the photo from the post-match interview, right, at the, in, in the backstage area. No, you haven't done that yet. Oh, I thought I sent you the photo, you know, from the. You backstage sent me area. Uh, photos. Of the arena, I don't have any. Post okay, okay, all right. Then uh, the Muto said, uh, "People, somebody asked him, he said, what are you gonna do tomorrow?'" Right? And Muto said, "I just want to be, you know, regular old old guy tomorrow." There you go. <laughs> what is he gonna do? Play dominoes? What do you do? What do regular well, old well, guys it still do? Still works out because it's 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 bad not to go to gym for you for his, you know. Uh, artificial hips and artificial knees that you need to be exercising uh, exercising a certain amount or this artificial hip and artificial knee we're not gonna be in the perfect socket or like you know what i'm saying joint yeah so you need to be doing a lot of walking as much as you can and you need to be going to gym and do the I don't know treadmill or something. So you have a certain amount, you know, amount of muscle to support your artificial knees and artificial hips. Yeah, and he, rather than that, he just wanted to be just regular old man. It was interesting. Interesting. Yeah, yeah. And close up, you know, yes, Muto did age a little bit. Yeah. I mean, face. You know what I'm saying? Well, what do you expect? He's sixty now. Yeah, and we've been following Keiji Muto's career since he was, what, 22? They should have put you in the ring tonight. 
last night. No, no, no. Uh, I was the, one of the better audience. There yeah. Because I picked up every single little details and I enjoyed it every bit of it. Well, it sounds like you did. That's the thing, man. It's like you've been watching wrestling for a long time, but you still, you still enjoy <laughs> oh, yeah. it. You're you know changing. how I get excited at the shows? You do. You know, I can confirm. The bad guys and the cheerful good guys and they react to a certain high spot or whatnot. Yeah, I still get that. <laughs> Well, look. Um, Wrestling is wonderful. Yeah. Maybe we'll have to do a show on the Chono and tie, right. tie people all know this more together. about it and uh, what together. Three Musketeers really meant. Yeah. And the probably show on on Hashimoto or people like Kensuke Sasaki. Yeah. Yeah. Because well, if you know more about Kensuke Sasaki, they'll know definitely know more about you know Katsuhiko Nakajima and Kent Miyahara. Yeah, we'll figure out where we need to go from here. But... And where pro wrestling know would go from there. And in the business standpoint, you know, you, you, now we have Abema TV, the streaming service, and Cyber Agent, the parent company. And Abema TV has TV Asahi Capital in it. So technically, New Japan, um, Pro Wrestling Noir, TV Asahi, Abema, Bushiro, they could all work together from this point forward. Now, that would be yeah. interesting. That would be interesting. Yeah, yeah. I think all Japan should join them. Too. I would yeah. love that. I mean, I'd love to see more success. Um, yeah, yeah, everybody. yeah. Because wrestling content will not drastic, drastically change all that much. We will have new stars and new type of wrestling matches, but the wrestling itself pretty much remains the same. What you need to have is like a new business model for new economy and for the industry sake. Yeah. Yeah. Cause you know, new, new Japan wrestlers, uh, pro wrestling, no stars, stardom stars for that matter. I don't think they make as much as WWE superstars. Well, no, of course not. Yeah. Of course not. You know what I'm saying? Right. And why couldn't they? Yeah. Hey, uh, speaking of that, have you seen the, Mercedes Monet match against Kyrie yet? Have you seen that? Oh, just, 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 uh, I should watch right from the, the walk in the ramp all the way to after the match. I just saw the, the, the match match. I know. thought she did great. I thought she did a good job. Yeah, I was also, very happy. Yeah, Hana Kimura costume. Oh yeah, my gosh. That was beautiful. Yeah, that, was, that part you know, really moved me. Yeah. Like, like I said, I think, yeah. I think her first night, the first angle in the Tokyo Dome. I think she was very nervous. Sure. And I said, don't write her off. I said, it wasn't the best thing, but it's still way too early to say yeah, that yeah. she shouldn't have made the jump or she was purely a WWE product. Um, right. It, it actually was great. like one. Yeah. I, I thought she did absolutely great. And but San Jose, California, when she came out with Hana Kimura costume, oh my gosh! Yeah, no, and I think it helped that a lot of the people there were her fans who bought tickets to see her, so they were verbally behind her. I think that helped with their confidence, that helped with their presentation. And the Mercedes Monet did not do that for instant you know quick pop yeah he meant to do that yeah. yeah no i think that things are going well i think this got her back on track 
And we'll see what the... If she fights Azumi, I think that'll be... That that could be a lot of fun. That could be yeah, good. Azumi, yeah, Azumi is a good challenger, but I don't think this uh, Mercedes Monet and Kyrie uh, program is over yet. Oh, of course not. Of course not. Yeah. No, yeah. no. She's not done for a while. She'll... We got some. We got some places to be. I still expect uh, we'll hit Julia at some point. So. Yeah, yeah, and it it would probably work for the worldwide market. Yeah. Yeah, but not just Japan, not just states, but the worldwide, you know, yeah. market that can be the very match that the tool to be. Uh, I mean, like non WWE but super big wrestling yeah, I, thing. Yeah. You know, I, yeah. I, I don't know Mercedes Monet, but you know, she, I, I, I'm happy for, her. you know, if this is what she wants to do and this is really a dream, then how can you not be happy for that person? So, right, right. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. We'll, we'll, we'll pay close attention to that. Absolutely. Yeah. All right. How can people get in touch with you on social? On Twitter at Fumihiko Dayo, F U M I H I K O D A Y O, Fumihiko Dayo on Twitter, or just face, uh, Fumisaito on Facebook. Please message me first. And you can find me on Twitter for now at uh, Jim Valley. And until next time. So long from Tokyo. <laughs>